Blog Talk Radio. Last week we spoke about 
um, sowing to the flesh and sowing to the spirit. So are we going to sow to the flesh, which is our vain nature, or are we going to sow to the spirit, which is to glorify God, and that leads us to eternal life? You know, so we yes. need to look to 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 the future for a vision. And as you just spoke, and it's so true about children and their parents, a parent yes. now will actually teach the child. He says, the Bible says, train a child in the way they should go, and when they're older, they will not depart from it. But yes. if you are teaching your child to lie or to, to, to steal, and you say, oh, it's just a little white lie, oh, it's not stealing much, it's just a candy, they're not going to miss it from the store, then later on that child will probably be a corrupt person. They'll go steal, a, they'll go, go rob a bank, you know, and we need to realize it that what we sow is smaller than what we will reap later on. And so we need to be very careful. And it's not everything that we sow that we will reap. Sometimes we are sowing and it's our children and our children's children that will reap. So we really need to be careful about what we do. Now, this week's Bible verse. Yes, sure, sure. I'd like to share something with you that happened in my life. Uh I learned from my mom that it was to use little white lies because she always did it all the time. Not all the time, but she did it many times. And would chuckle about it. And as I got older, I wonder why my mom. It was her way of defending herself because I believe she was abused as a child. Here she was back Uh. in the 30s and 40s. No man to support her. So as the youngest girl in her family, I'm sure to give her a hard time. Talked about it. But she would make up these wow. little white lines, you know. <laughs> that's, that's okay. I'm not here. Oh, you're not there. She would always do that, not to be malicious. <laughs> you never tell a child to tell laugh. someone that you are not here because they will go to the door and say, Mommy exactly. said she's not here. Not here. Yeah, exactly, exactly. In this case, she didn't know what to do <clears throat> to protect herself, and that's about the only thing she could have done. Now, here's something else. I never, never learned from my mom anything about sex education. How in the world she expected me to learn, I don't know. She to, <clears throat> I'm losing my voice. She sent me off to New oh. York where I got another kind of parenting case. <laughs> they scared the heck out of me. Oh. Told me, don't you dare look at any girls because I was a teenager. I was 13, 14, 15. If you look at any right. girls... They're going to get pregnant, so stop looking at girls. And I was scared. <laughs> I was scared stiff because I thought the girls would get pregnant. I mean, is that any way to raise a child? Now? Yes, yes, yes. And rather than deal with the reality of what's there, my anyone to sit down on the shore and teach her and explain to her anatomy or life in general. So in her case, I yes. Although it may be a little white lie, in the long run, long run, white lies will come back and hurt us. And yes. 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 It, it will, and it may not come 
today may not come tomorrow, but it could come 10 years, 20 years down the line. And yes. because and when yes. you lie, you you don't remember your lie. But if you're telling the truth, the truth is the truth all the time. So we really need to watch what we're doing right now. We need to check our hearts and see what we're doing right now. And I just want to tell you about today's Bible verse. It's Hosea 10, 12. And Hosea, he was married to a prostitute. Like God told him to marry a prostitute so that it could be more of like a prophetic word to the Israelites because God was saying that the Israelites were prostituting themselves. They were giving themselves to idol gods. And so he had Hosea, a man of God, his prophet, marry this prostitute. And he really had a lot of problems with her. Now in Hosea 10:12, he says, Sow righteousness for yourselves. Reap the fruit of unfailing love and break up your unplowed ground. For it is time to seek the Lord until he comes and shows his righteousness on you. And this is so important because what he's saying, this is the time to seek the Lord. And just to know, because he's going to come. We always talk about the next coming of Jesus. But we never know the time. You know, he will come like a thief in the night. The Bible says this. So we never know the time. And we are going to be judged. And where are we going to go? Where do we want to go? Hell or heaven? Sometimes we don't want to speak about hell and heaven. But hell and heaven, they're real. And our choices will get us there. So we can't think of the temporal. We need to look to the eternal. And so if we're sowing righteousness right now, we will reap the unfailing love of the Father. Now, if we sow unrighteousness, we will also reap. But what we reap is not going to be the fruit of unfailing love. We're going to reap misery and we're going to reap anger. and We're, we're going to reap trouble. We're, we'll have troubles and tribulations all the time. Now, we need to be very careful here too because we need to recognize that Christians have problems. Christians who are following God and following biblical principles, they have problems. But in James 1, it says, consider it pure joy when you go through trials of many kinds, because those trials, they're, they're producing perseverance. So we need to recognize that if we're having a trial in Christ, we will be fruitful because we have been sowing righteousness So no matter what trouble we go through, we will have a good harvest when it's all over. But we could be living a good life, but what we're sowing is corruption. Some people are looking at other people with pride and their greed, and they want to have what they have. In Jamaica, we call it red eye. So they're red eye -eye. and grudgeful (laughs) and bad mind. (laughs) Oh, my God. And so... They want what other people have. In the Bible, they call it covetousness. So we we need to be able to say we're content with what we have. Because if we do not, then we will steal. We'll steal from our boss. We will lie all the time. You know, a lot of times cashiers are taking the money for themselves because they say that the boss is not giving them the, the, the right pay. 
But it doesn't matter that the boss isn't giving you the right pay. What matters more is your response. And yes, the boss may be wrong, and I shouldn't say it doesn't matter. It does matter because the boss will reap in time what they have sown. The bosses will reap in time what they have sown. But we also will reap from the response that we have sown to that boss. So just because the boss is wrong, that doesn't mean that we should go and steal. So we need to be very careful you know what in say? what we do. Sorry, Etienne? You know what to say? Two wrongs what don't make it? a right. Two wrongs don't make a right. Two don't wrongs make don't a make a right. You know, it's like my kids. Whenever I'm teaching my children and they come and they, you know, someone does something like we, I have them laid out on tarps. They're sitting on tarps, and one person will touch the other person because you're close, you're close by, and the other person hits the, that one and said, him first, or it's her first, you know. And I always say you don't hit someone. If something is wrong, come to me no matter what they do. But they never hear and what happens is they have a full-blown fight. Someone starts crying or both start crying, and it just gets out of hand. And sometimes it gets out of hand that goes beyond the class. And, you, you know, I have to try and stop it. And when that happens, it disrupts the whole class. So what one, one mm-hmm. child has sown, is it, the, all the other children are reaping, and I am reaping, even though I had nothing to do with it at first. But we also must recognize that we affect the people around us. Because if someone speaks, yes. I, was, I was just looking um, at an article this weekend. A Jamaican was killed in Cayman Islands, and three others were killed. And apparently the police said he was speeding. And they went to follow him, and they came upon him, his car, and he was dead. The three elderly passengers from the UK, they were dead. And the two other passengers with him, they, they were in serious condition. And so we need to recognize that if we are going to just not obey the laws because he was speeding beyond where he should have been, he caused an accident now. And now lives are lost. And there are so many people who are going to be grieving for family and friends. But it's from one that, that one decision to speed. So we really, really need to check ourselves and see what we're doing moment by moment. You know, and the Bible verse also mm-hmm. speaks about breaking up your unplowed ground. And your unplowed, when up ground is not plowed, you really cannot plant a seed. And sometimes it's our hearts that are not plowed. We can't plant the word of God in someone's heart because it's so hardened. So we need to plow our hearts so that we are ready for God's word to be planted in it. Because when God's word is planted in our hearts, then our actions will be so much different. You know, though our words, will edify, our words will build people, our words will encourage and inspire but if if we are just just doing our own thing and decide, oh I don't want to listen to the word of God, I'm not doing anything that it says and sometimes these are people in church we need to be very careful 
because we can be so busy doing church work and our hearts are getting harder and harder and harder because we can't even listen to what the pastor is saying in the pulpit when we're supposed to be taking in the word and living it out, you know? So we need to be very careful. Now, the story... Sorry? May I interrupt you a minute, please? Yes, Yes, sure. I was saying that you're coming up with these formats Farmer, not a farm boy. How do you plow your heart? I mean, explain that more in detail. How does one plow one's oh, heart? Boy. What does that mean? Oh, oh, good question. Good question. Let me tell you. Yes. I've been going through some plowing, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when, when, and, and, and you spoke, when you spoke about your mother and her not teaching you certain things and, or yes. the little white lies. You may not even mm-hmm. know that your heart is becoming hardened to certain things. You know, sometimes, sometimes it's to your mother, and you're like, why does she? Why does she lie to me? Now, I'm not saying this happens, but I'm just using you as an example. Uh, you, yeah, sure, you think, sure, I understand. Why, why does sure. she? Why does she act like this? And so you build up a wall around your heart. And your heart also becomes hardened. Because when you build up walls, you're not letting sun in. So you're not letting rain in. You're not letting anything in. And your heart becomes hardened. And when I say sun and rain and stuff, it's like the grace of God, the mercy of God. I know. Unforgiveness. Unforgiveness, sorry. You're you're not letting that into your heart. I'm sorry? You're using analogies. Yes, I understand. Right. Right. And, Mm -hmm. And love. And so you become hardened. And so when you grow older and it's time for you to go out with that lady or, you know, to get married, it becomes hard because you're looking at that person as if that person is your mom because your mom represents a lot of women in your life. You know, she's the first woman in your life. And no, your heart is hardened when your, your wife now says something to you. And you're like, where were you, honey? Oh, I was at the store. And something in you says, I don't believe her. I really don't believe her. Because my mom was doing this, was always telling white lies. So you believe that that is what your wife is doing. And so now your heart is even more harder. So the harder it gets, the 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 it's harder for you now to open your heart to your wife because but, but, no but, she is uh huh but yes i understand what you're saying that's talking about uh-huh. the heart becoming harder but how does one plow the heart that's what i really no, wanted I'm, to i'm i'm getting to that because because first oh, of all you need I'm to know sorry. if you have a heart hard heart right okay so okay you okay have you you have all of this happen, so now your heart is hardened. But now things have to start happening around you, like you're about to get to the time of divorce or something is happening, and now you have to look at yourself and say, what have I done that is going on here? And sometimes this is a time you're like, oh, I'm going to go to the counselor. And then you didn't even realize what had happened to you before, it's when you go to that counselor now, you're starting to bring back 
the memory of your mother. And then she's like, or the counselor could be a he, but I say she. And she says, you know, this is what has happened. No, you have to, your mother may be dead, but you say, you write a letter to your mom and say what, what, what you feel. And so when you start doing that, that's actually plowing the ground. So the ground can be plowed in so many different ways. Because, and it depends uh, on what you're going through and what you've been through. So a lot of times we have to, we have to ask God, what, what, how, how do you want to plow my heart? Because for me, you know, it's a lot of situations like coming back to Jamaica, I had to look back and I say, you know what, I had a hard time in high school. And I never even thought I had a hard time. I thought I really had, you know, good friends and stuff. But, you know, when you get teased in high school and so you you develop a heart, you just harden yourself. You're just like, I don't want anyone to hurt me. So just like your your mother, she didn't want anyone yeah. to hurt her. So I'll just kind of stay away. So even if I saw someone from from high school, you know, it's not everyone, but some people are like, oh, let me get out of here fast. I I don't want to deal with them. So... A lot of times, my heart became hardened, and it wasn't until God had to bring me back to high school and what happened, and I had to deal with unforgiveness and and my anger and all those things. And when you start dealing with the issues from the past, then you are plowing your heart. And so then the Word of God can can be planted in there so that you can be fruitful. But a lot of times, the things from our past, they break us down and Sin, sin hardens our heart. So it's uh, even re- so even repentance can be like plowing your heart. Does that make sense? Oh, I see. Yeah. Yes. Thank you, ma'am. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. You're welcome. I, I gave a long explanation, but yes, you um, sure did. As we yeah. <laughs> as as we go on, but I just want to make sure that people. It's it's better to make it long and so that people get it. Because we want people to learn and to come away understanding more of what's going on with them and what God is doing in them. So I don't want to just rush just... through anything. Um, I'm sorry? Yes, too, please. I'd like to share something else, too, please. <clears throat> okay. Earlier, when you used the expression, <clears throat> Jesus... I don't I'm think sorry, I can't hear you, Etienne. I'm sorry. <clears throat> Can you say that again? I, I didn't hear you. Yeah. I'm having trouble with my and I'm holding the mic closer. I said, when we use the expression, Jesus came like a thief in the night. That's not a good right. analogy because God is, God is perfect and he's all good. Thief is not good. No, that's what the Bible says. Perfect. That's a biblical. That's, I know. That I know. You're going to have to take that up with those people who but wrote we the Bible. To, <laughs> <laughs> we have to learn to adjust not that. Not me. Just quoted the Bible. You know that. That, but it's other people who will not understand that. So we need to adjust the terminology or the analogy no, where they're going to use. Basically, it. what you mean, he comes when you don't, you least expect it. He just comes. I know. When when you're not That's aware. That's what we That's basically. We're not, we're when, not expecting it. Like, yeah, when we're not expecting time. it. Yeah, but that's an another yes. analogy. So it's just basically you come, yes. you comes when you're not expected. But that's that's exactly what the Bible says. That is exactly no. the word of God. And so that's why. And here's here's the important thing, that when we're reading the word of God, we need to 
ask God to let his Holy Spirit open it up to us. Yes. Because, yes. because that is exactly what the word of God says, that he will come like a thief in the night. So we need to get into the word of God so that we understand all, all these things that God yes. is saying. And I, I'm going That's to, because I know we're running out of time quickly, so um, I wanted to get to the story today, which is the parable of the lost son or the prodigal son. And I just want everyone to keep in mind that this is about reaping and sowing. So as, as I read it, please just keep that in mind and see where reaping and sowing comes in. So it says, Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare, and here I am starving to death? I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I, have, I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate, for this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Now, the reason I I chose this story for today about reaping and sowing is because there are two different parts to it. And you were talking about sowing righteousness. But that happens in the next half of the parable of the son. But the first half is where the son takes he takes his inheritance from his father. And in that culture at that time, what he was saying is, you might as well be dead to me. So he takes to his father. So he takes what his father has, has to give him, and he goes off and he squanders it. So he's reaping what he's sowing because, no, he has nothing. He's, he would love to eat what the pigs had. But then it says he came to his senses. And he says, I am starving to death. And the word death there is very important because what he had did had showed that his father could have been dead to him. But no, yes. he now was starving to death, you know. And so yes. what he did was happening, you know. And, it's, and then he came to his senses and he set out to go back Etienne, remember we were talking about repentance the other day? And he said, go back. You turn the other way. So he went back to his father. That is an act of repentance. Now, when he repented, he is now 
sowing different seeds. He's sowing good seeds. He's sowing righteousness now. He's sowing and looking at an eternal vision. And so his father, yes. our God, yes. you know, this father here represents God, is always willing to take him, take us back into his arms. And that's what he did. He ran to his son, took him back in his arms, and he showed him grace, mercy, and love. And so now he celebrated the son because the son turned back from what he was doing. And so now he was showing his father that he never, no, didn't think that his father was dead to him. But he was showing that his father is alive in his life. And when he did that, now his son had a new life again. And so this is just like, just like God. You know, if we, if we are always sinning and that's what we are sowing, then we're just there's a separation between us and God. We're running away from God. But when we turn our lives around and submit to him, his word, then we're saying, God, you are alive to us. You're alive in my life, and I'm going to live for you. And then we'll have eternal life. We need to be. And I think we're nearly out of time, right, Etienne? Yes. Yes, we're almost out of time. We have less than 45 seconds. So close in prayer, please. Yes, I will. Dear Lord, we thank you that we're learning more about your principle of sowing and reaping. Lord, I'm just asking you that each and every listener, Lord, understands this principle and will go out and live it and sow seeds that will glorify you, Lord, and then they will live for an eternal life and just keep in front of them your eternal vision. In your name we pray, Lord. Amen. And amen. Thank you, Etienne. Welcome. We'll see you next week and God okay, willing. Okay, see you next yeah. week. God willing and God bless. Now you know. Thank you.